This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, ideas and opinions about comedy. I'm Igor Monday. And I'm David Munoz. And today we have decided to discuss a topic that we called tournaments and competitions. So different ways, different formats that exist in which comics can participate and compete against each other for some prize money, for some title of the comedy champion, comedy king, winner of comedy, whatever, different ways and different structures that exist, especially since we've recently finished one such tournament, such competition here in Moscow. Before we get into that and break it down for you, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy it, and if you'd like to help us grow, you can like us, share us on any social media, you can rate us on the platform you are listening this on, and if you have some coin to spare, you can also donate to our Patreon. We would be glad to see it and appreciate any help and support you can provide. Right, so let's get into the topic proper. First, I, w- I was uh, thinking maybe we can go through some different types of competitions and tournaments and see how each of us feels about it and, you know, have we taken part? Is it, mm-hmm. is it uh, I don't know, fun? Is it interesting? Would That's you always consider fun. it? It's not always fun, I can <laughs> tell you that much. But yeah, I think this kind of smallest competition format that I could think of is a gong show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've we've had some gong shows organized and we've taken part in gong shows. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a format in which the usually the audience, not yeah. necessarily, but usually the audience decides when the comedian is done with his time. So they get some kind of yeah. uh, flag, piece of paper, anything like this. Uh, when they react negatively to comedian set, they mm-hmm. raise that flag, comedian gets gonged, so to speak, and yeah. needs to leave the stage. And in which case you are basically competing against time competing yeah. against other comics, against the audience. And many of those shows actually have like a winner in the end that the audience chooses the one that reached, that stayed on stage the longest, let's say, mm, that yeah. didn't get gonged the longest. So uh, what do you think about the, the, the gong show format? Uh, the format itself, I, I love it. I like it. I think there's different variations of it. I think the one that you guys were running here at Steal the Show was mm, you wanted prepared bits where people came with their best material and competed using that. Pros and cons of that, I think, is that one, yes, you get a high-quality show in the sense of the jokes and stuff like that. The problem is then that you're limiting the amount of gong shows you can do because eventually you'll run out of material, especially for us who a lot of the comedians have been at it for that long. That's a problem. I, I remember the first couple of rounds, I wasn't really fully aware that we're supposed to like come in with really prepared stuff. So I was coming up with new stuff and... Actually, the first time I did it, I came up with some really good new stuff, which ended up becoming one of my set pieces. Uh, and it went great. I almost won it. And even the guy who who did win it, uh, Abed, was shocked that I had it. And even he was like, no, you should have won that one. Because it was fresh. It was new. And I got a brilliant reaction from the crowd. I think it can be a great format. I, I think it shouldn't be limited to just only prepared material, but just anything. If you want to do brand new stuff, go for it. It's, you take the risk at the end of the day. Or if you want to do semi-tested or whatever. But... The thing is, the big issue I have, like when I did that round, that first time I did it, loved it. Also because we had a group of students, university students in the front row. A lot of them were immigrant actually, like as in expat groups. Uh, A lot of them from studying medicine from Nigeria. 
We had quite a big like Nigerian group there. There were a couple of other groups from somewhere. I don't know why, but it just seemed to be university night or something. Young people, a lot of them from overseas. So the crowd was probably about two thirds Russian, but a whole third was international. It made a huge crowd difference, which means you got a reaction. And I think someone had the flag from that group. So they were more willing to throw it up. This is the big problem that I found with the Gong Show. You need to have a crowd that's a little merciless. Mm -hmm. You need to have a crowd that is willing to shoot you down. And sometimes crowds are too nice. Basically, do not give it to the the nice people. You need to yeah. give it to assholes who are willing to throw up the flag. Otherwise, and it has happened where you end up with a whole night and only one person ended up being kind of technically pulled out. And, and usually that's towards the end when the people get a bit more confidence with their flags. Or they get a bit more bored and fed up yeah. with like seven people in a row just doing shit jokes without any exactly uh, and then you're just sitting there going that person is obviously dying like i don't care if it's a it's a setup it's a long setup it's too long please throw up the flag i think that was the problem with that one that's why with uh, our gong shows we also implemented at one point this three drink that, minimum rule no, get plastered no, that, get that would also work i think yeah. for some of the audience members but uh we also put it like as a late format that like at 10 30 it started yeah. so people would be more like rowdier and whatever yeah. and we also implemented the host as the third flag so if the two flags yeah. are up he can act as a proxy yeah. for the audience member that's asleep or doesn't care or on the phone or too shy to like vote or whatever and and like raise a flag of their own let's say that the yeah. host can be that final flag if two are already up and the host also thinks that yeah. the comedian is really struggling and it's kind yeah. of silence and it's not going anywhere and so on uh overall i think but that's the situation in moscow i think there were going shows like four or five years ago mm -hmm. back in like the first venue we not the first venue but the first regular venue we did stand up in and we tried gong shows didn't work then as well because then actually the rooms were too rowdy <laughs> too like obnoxious to work with you know they like, were throwing like, flags at the comedians like darts no they would be like oh that wasn't punchline and they punch you in the face that's like how it's <laughs> that's like, a punchline get the fuck off the stage uh no i mean they would be kind of really you do like 20 second setup and already all three flags are up they're like yeah we want to hear jokes you're like bro I'm, you know it's that's not saying how, it, yeah, yeah yeah so i give mean me they were the... too up for it because uh in that place like, all, almost always many people weren't there for stand-up many people were there just to be dicks many people were, were very drunk by the time the show started and yeah. stuff like this here uh with this uh, second iteration of, of uh, gong shows it was more like yeah there were people who were kind of afraid and shy to to do it mm -hmm. there were people who didn't understand the format there were people yeah. who were at the stand-up show for the first time in their life and now they have to like raise a flag or, or not even raise a flag maybe we'll wouldn't choose those people to be the judges but they have to like endure this completely foreign new format for them yeah. and stuff like this it just kind of didn't click with the audience as for performers yeah uh, we didn't put this rule that you can't use new material yeah. but we just try to emphasize on the point that it's not an open mic which yeah. it wasn't because it was a paid show first of all second of all it's in your interest to not to like try some new jokes but to win and to like compete and stuff. If but you the thing is to try the new jokes to, to see if they work. See, I was doing it as my as my kind of like my my open mic set. And and, and I got a good reaction. Like I, I could tell very easily, okay, this part is killing. Oh, that part, not so much. I got a flag in that. Obviously, that part is not. It is a great way. I gotta say, I think there should be a test material with a gong mix, even if it's not paid. But I reckon it works great because it really lets you know where your bits are starting to die because your setup is too long, whatever. When that 
that flag goes up. And some comedians, I noticed, even perform better. They made their bits tighter and shorter. The moment they saw that flag, there's that Kirill guy. Um, not our regular Kirill that we talk about, but the other one. The irregular Kirill. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> irregular Kirill. That is his name. All oh, right. In his passport, Lovely. it says the irregular the Kirill. Kirill. And I remember like one flag went up and you could see him like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, da, 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 and he started like making punches. And then the second flag went up and actually he was getting – he was getting more intense and you could see this almost passion there. And it looked awesome. It was fantastic. And then it took a while. But then finally the third one went up. He was like, fine, you've made your decision. And he was so dramatic about it. It was brilliant. He got applauded off even though he actually got gonged off. He well, did well. I would say the, the, the first part of this point that you made was I would say quite subjective as mm. you took it as an open mic as you usually can't make our regular open yeah. mics. And this was like a weekend show that was kind of open micish that you could make. Second of all, you're doing this for like five years or something, six years. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can write a new bit and it's not absolutely shit. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like you can write a new bit and already plan the tags, the punchlines, the pauses and stuff mm. and be fairly confident that it is going to work. Mm. But there were people who were coming to these shows that are doing stand-up for like two months yeah, and yeah. they come in with completely new seven minutes. I mean, like that's not you're gonna get gonged, or at yeah. least you should get gonged. But then, since people are too nice, but this you is get the problem. To do your there. complete seven minutes. That's what so I mean, that's, and that's why the show ended up feeling very weak yeah. and lacking overall. But I think in general, this concept that you are being judged by the audience. You're not only like okay, the organizer or whoever gave you ten, and you're doing ten. Yeah. So if you want to come with new 10, if you want to, like, if you don't prepare, if you forget the jokes, if you're drunk, whatever, you're still going to get those 10 because that's the arrangement. No, the audience, once they're done with you, they're done with you. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great, great way to, let's say, to be put in your place. Yeah. Because I've seen it on some comics that have been doing it for, like, several months or several years even. And they've been doing it without any repercussions. Mm. You know, like, every time they come to an open mic, they have their five minutes. That's an open mic. Every mm. time they come to some, like, showcase show, they have the 10, 15. And it doesn't matter if they bomb the first eight. They save it in the last five, maybe, yeah. whatever. And that's it. They never had any punishment for their crime. <laughs> but, uh, How dare you take, take a whole minute to do a setup without any laughs? Get the fuck off my Punishment. stage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now... Take him to the gallows. Even if they didn't get gonged, like if they had two out of three flags in the air, yeah. they're like, hmm, Damn. People, people didn't... There are some well, people didn't like that. That's what I mean. That's what I loved about it because the moment you see that one flag, you're like, oh, fuck. And I remember the second round, I think, I can't remember what, what bit I did, but I saw a flag go up for me and I was like, fucker. Damn, really? Yeah. Se yeah. Seriously? That bit was not... Wow, okay, i got a bit of dead it's, air there. It's, it's a humbling it, experience. It is. It's a little bit, even if you made it all the way to the end, seeing one flag go up makes you go a little bit like, oh, at two, Brutus? Yeah, really? Exactly. They could have. They could and there's have. your mum going, get the fuck off stage. You promised to wash this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that every every person needs. And if they can't do it themselves, like you know, kind of analyze and see their mistakes, uh, yeah. I'm glad the audience can step in and do that for them. Maybe we should do like a, not exactly a gong show. Well, it is a gong show, but one where literally it, it is it is about the, like a test your material sort of set, but with like harsh critics. Like if you can get real people who really like. I, I was telling I someone a few years ago that I had this idea of like an app yeah. Right. So uh, you download an app or you go to a website, whatever. So everyone in the audience does. Trademark it. copyrighted by Eagle Monday, by the way. Yes, exactly. Thank you, David. David uh, acts as my lawyer as well. <laughs> so the the idea is: so let's say it's an app or a website, whatever. You see the name of the comic. Yeah. David. David perfor performing now. David. Yeah. Right. And once the set is over, the 
numbers unlock, so you can mm. only vote after the set, and you can give one to five. Ah, after the set of each yeah. comic, you can give one to five. Yeah. And then the uh, the when everyone has voted, mm-hmm. the number appears, the average number appears like on the screen or something. Yeah. So I think it should be like a week thing. At the end of the week, you get the feedback. No, no, no. As a comedian. I, I think it's better like instantly because you mm. see like out of those three people in the room, from one to five, your average score is 3.7. Yeah. Which means like, okay, overall you've done well, but you haven't killed and you haven't like made yeah. them like proper left. You get like 1.7. Oh yeah. shit! I'm 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 a bomb. This material is not good. Or I should do. I should be like friendlier. Mm. I should be more kind of approachable. I should be something. Mm. You get four point nine. Yeah. Okay, my mom is there, so it's not a perfect <laughs> score. But you know, you kind of. Uh, I think for at least for some training purposes, it could yeah. be like obviously in real life. Like, why would audience only if you can like win a free beer if you vote or something like this? Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated mechanic. Yeah, yeah. But I think for actually evaluating your sets and and audience's satisfaction with the show and stuff. And so, if out of ten comics, seven got fives, yeah. then it was a great show. But if seven got twos. Then the audience didn't enjoy the show at all because they, you know, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of a, a ob- objective rating system, yeah. whatever. I think it'd be cool if you could upload, like have an app where you could upload, copyright David Munoz, upload a set, like something you've recorded, right? And it, it would, the app would basically, can people just watch your sets and similar score, like one to five, but you alter it while watching the set. So you have like a slide that mm. you push up and push down. I like this, so, I didn't like this. Yeah. So it's like, oh, getting good, I'm pushing it up. Oh, I don't like this. I'm pushing it down. Like it's getting boring. Down, down. More boring. Down, down. Punchline sucked. Goes down a whole notch. And then like you can, and it's almost like get a finger like emoji or something that's pushing it up, pushing it down the slider. And it gives you like a graph. And then once enough people have seen your sets, like it gives you the average. And basically it would give you an average for overall. So you could literally have your bit like, you know, when you do an Instagram story, it has all those little boxes or when you watch a a video on your phone it has all the little boxes of every shot or whatever every five seconds but there would be a rating system so it actually has a graph where your little worm goes up and down and all the rest and then it would average it out compared to others and you can basically go oh so overall here i noticed that my numbers really drop at the you know the five minute mark uh but at the seven minute mark it really kicks up again but then it drops again and then it goes up it's like obviously i've got some weak spots i need to really tighten this part in the middle or get rid of it and this part here needs a little bit more tightening. I reckon that'd be great as a feedback sort of app. Copyright David Munoz. When I watch my bits, my little worm always goes up and down. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, in theory, it's a very good idea for like analytics of, I think yeah. comedy needs Basically analytics. analytical but, form, yeah. But, but yeah, I think, I don't know who would be engaged enough to yeah. actually do that and how would you get people to, but we cooperated it, so it's ours. So one, yeah. one day when it appears, and if... if, if I if just got to learn someone, how to use Linux. If we see someone else do it, we're going to sue. So don't, don't do it. Anyways, let's move on to the next one, Money Mike. So basically, one evening, comedians competing yes. to win a cash prize. Yes. What I you- have not done one, actually. I really want to, though. And I know the group at Jimmy Jack's, they, they do it with Adrian Nero. Like they, they do this uh, setup. I really want to do it. I think it, it's, it's a fun sort of a thing it, it's i think what's positive what's great about it is because it's done as a standalone single night it has no real big repercussions as such there is no title as such except for you just won it that night um you can win multiple ones in a row or lose multiple ones in a row and then win one and then lose and then win and then whatever and hodgepodge but it is that satisfaction for one secondly i think what's great about it is the audience attention and and cooperation in a sense because i think 
sometimes what can happen in a comedy show is that because it, they can go for an hour, an hour and a half, some people, you know, they, they lose interest for a little bit or whatever. This one keeps them engaged. I think, yeah, audience engagement is what I'm trying to say. It really gives them the idea of, okay, I want to listen to each comedian and really give my proper applause at the end or give my honest feedback. So I think that's great. But at the same time, it's not overly important as such you know what i mean and it's fun and i think that's the thing because it's not it's a weekly thing it's not so serious that it's actually just a very fun thing where people hey so you have a bad night or you you know you're performing and you you showed up maybe with a little bit of a hangover you're not like oh it's not as formal or professional as such it's a bit more fun it's a bit more you know just a good time i think it depends the, the one you're describing is kind of as i understand the audience does a clap off I think and then so, the winner yeah. takes i don't know like half of the donations or mm. something like this i mean you don't really win any real money and you yeah, don't yeah. really get any real feedback it's just like you know oh it's a bit of fun yeah it's just fun it's just yeah, fun that's what i love but, about but, it but, but there are open mics where it's like i know there are open mics in, in sorry money mics in russian mm. where you can win kind of the equivalent of one and a half thousand dollars well in that case yeah then i'm, I'm sure people will take it a lot more seriously so, yeah sense. it's like one evening i don't know 15 comics yeah and the winner takes like a monthly salary yeah right for example so i think it's the stakes are higher yeah you're not just there for a bit, fu bit i gotta learn russian fuck and stuff like this so i think it just depends on uh, the, the the show itself yeah but in general i think i i, I haven't done it either uh, i would like to try maybe for fun mm -hmm. but i think i think it's not something that i would done i would do regularly just because i would feel i don't think like it's a like, whore you'd feel like a whore eagle but that didn't stop me from <laughs> prostituting my body no, I, I think like, I don't know, if it's a, kind of a gong show or something, right? So mm -hmm. you're getting judged by the audience based on your material and that's fine. If it's a longer format that I want to discuss next, like a tournament kind of yeah. thing, right? You have chances to redeem yourself. You have like a strategy to play. You can, which material are you going to use? Who are you uh, up against and stuff? Yeah. And this is like a one-off and it's mostly, you know, like, let's say that... Uh, you've just mispronounced the word or yeah. something like this. And this can like cost you the money and the title, but if it's good money and stuff, you know, I would just end up, every time I lose, I would end up hating myself for losing. If it if it was like due to some kind of mistake oh, or right. something like this, or due to, you know, like due to audience just being, someone went on stage and said poo-poo seven times and they're like, ha ha, poo-poo. And they just, that's why he wins. I was like, come on. But at the same I mean? time, the, the the good thing is that next week is a new week. Like next Friday is another money mic. So, all right, better luck next time. He can't go back with poo-poo. Or, you know, chances are he's not going to use poo-poo again. Oh, that would eventually get tired and people will come back and be like, wait, it's the poo-poo guy again. I'm not giving him the vote this time. And then you have a chance. Or he or, becomes the poo-poo guy and everyone loves him and knows him and he always wins. Well, then wins. he can get his own fucking poo-poo sitcom then. <laughs> God damn it. Poo-poo special on Netflix. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, if it's, again, if it's for like 20 dollars and a uh yeah. whatever title of the best of the evening sure with the fun if it's like real money if i have a mm. chance to win uh like uh amount like monthly salary amount and i lose it because i haven't said poo poo enough i'll be like oh man well it's just like i feel like it would be a lot of stress on myself yeah. uh, and i wouldn't it would feel like you know because i do comedy mostly because i really enjoy it it's kind yeah. of a way to love my job you okay. know, I earn money and whatever, but I also love it. But in that case, I think it would stop being something I love. It would turn into something I must do to win this money. And yeah. whatever way I can find to, I don't know, undermine my opponents or to like whatever, pull a, a hack and do say poo-poo four times, stuff like mm -hmm. this, I should do. I think it would kind of even 
eventually turn comics against each other. If it's a substantial amount of money, I'm saying like, yeah. you know, I wouldn't want that. Like, I don't know. I, I, I know I've done best, for example, in terms of audience reaction. But you, just because you're a native English speaker, you win. And then after the show, I kind of hate you for winning, but I don't mm. really hate you. We're friends and I love you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I, I would just, because of that, that format seems to me a bit like I wouldn't want to take part. I would like to try, yeah. but I don't think it would be something that I would do regularly. I, I think for me, I, I just wouldn't take it as seriously though. I mean, unless there was, even if there was a huge cash prize, I mean, maybe I would, but at the same time, I would have, to, you'd have to go in it with the idea of, hey, look, sometimes you know, you're just not going to win it no matter even if technically you might think you're the best or you might fuck up and, and mispronounce a word or, or forget to do something and it'll mess it up. But in that case, you're going to have to say, well, just shrug it off and next week, better luck. You know what I mean? Fair, fair. There's always, yeah. you, you win some, you lose some. Exactly. All right. And the, the other type of formatting is the one that we've been doing in, in Moscow here for like four or five years now. And it's kind of my brainchild, this format, and we've We've taken it from like a small, I think on the first one, we had maybe 10 participants in mm -hmm. two weeks uh, up to like 26 participants and five weeks of shows nowadays. Yeah. A tournament in the style of like Last Comic Standing that was yeah. on American TV, won by Amy Schumer famously and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Basically like a, a knockout competition let's say yeah. right like, like tennis a or ch champions league or, or wimbledon karate or champion or something. yeah so yeah, you start in pots there is like two pots of comics yeah. half of them go through then half then half and finally like quarterfinals semifinals finals mm -hmm. uh, where people week to week they fight to go through mm -hmm. and one winner takes the cash prize the title and the bragging rights that come with it for the for the next year yeah. basically all right so now what i want to ask you is Okay, can you explain what was the format, the setup, the voting system, blah, 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 with the first time that you did it? And what was it towards the end or maybe in the middle and the end? I don't know. But and, and the developments and why, why the changes? Because I know there have been some significant changes from beginning to end. Yeah, so the original idea that I had was let's give, a, let's give people a chance to practice, mm -hmm. to compare. And that was actually, I think, an important factor to compare to others just in terms of like how does how do my 10 minutes look compared to yours and like how quick how witty how like snappy and stuff it is and to actually prove to themselves to others that they can do longer sets and stuff like this plus to win something mm -hmm. so the first one was i think 2000 maybe 16 and we had i think 12 people actually applied not 10 i think 12 people mm -hmm. we divided them into two pots of six three went through then we had six and then we had three and then we had i no we had i'm misremembering it anyways in the finals we had two yeah we had four in the semifinals and two in the finals yeah. and then they were doing like 15 minutes each and the winner got the cash prize which was then like 10,000 rubles, which has lost value since then. Yeah. But even then, it wasn't great money, but it was much more than you would get paid for any English stand-up show in Moscow at that point. Basically, uh, you got paid. Yeah, you got paid. You got, <laughs> you won something if you were good enough. And I think in total, you needed something like maybe 20, 25 minutes of material. We decided on this rule that you can't repeat jokes. Yep. So if yep. someone would come, audience, audience would come, uh, and I think it was three weeks, actually, like three weeks, three mm -hmm. evenings, like kind of qualification, semifinals, finals, something yeah. like this. So you can't repeat jokes just so the audience doesn't hear the same thing over and over again. And you come with your closer every time and win it, like yeah. a strong joke. And yeah, there were some kind of arbitrary rules on uh, basically like don't go over time. 
and stuff like this, but nothing was imposed super seriously. And after this first one, people started complaining like, oh, you know, like uh, you said we should do 10 minutes, but that person did 12. And in those two last minutes, he squeezed in seven more punchlines and got a big laugh and that's how he won and things like this. Yeah. So we started paying attention to some like finesse to that competition, to yeah. some details. Also, we did the whole tournament with a clap off. So audience yeah. would clap until last round, I think until finals, we put it on our, on our Facebook there was Facebook was quite big. That then. was my round, actually. I think it was the second time you held the competition. You started bringing in the definitely. double vote. The first time we did it definitely as well, but oh, I you think did single only, vote. only for the finals. There was a thing on Facebook where you could create a poll. Uh -huh. uh, so we opened a poll like exactly at the time that the show finished. Uh, from Facebook, I opened the poll like, who do you who, who do you vote for to win the competition? Uh -huh. and they could vote online, and that was only kind of to. Uh, well, basically, because first of all, we had a situation 40 people in the room and they're clapping for both and it's yeah. really hard to decide and this kind of stuff. So we were like, okay, it's going to be online. People are going to vote online. Then, of course, people complain like, oh, what if I send a link to 20 of my friends that don't even live here and they were not at the show, but they just vote for me and stuff like this. Uh, so for the next next version next year, we decided to implement the voting with like a little piece of paper. So you just write a name and put it in the bucket of the person you choose. So for the qualification, you would vote with a clap off. Later on, you would vote with a piece of paper. You write the name of the person you support. We increased it, I think, to 18 comics then applied. Like we had two pots of nine mm -hmm. and additional round, I think, quarterfinals. We also introduced that year as well. Then the year after, we introduced double vote. Yeah. So you could now vote for two people. A uh, person you vote for first gets two votes, second gets one vote. To Why? Why was that implemented? Well, because the year before that, we had finals where three people were in the finals and one person brought 46 friends out of, <laughs> out of like 70 tickets we sold. Uh -huh. and it was just no matter how bad he did or whatever, he just wins on a by default on a technicality because yeah. he just says the majority it was like a popularity contest yeah. which is always was a part of that like you always need to get the audience on your side but basically this person just invited people who don't even they just stood there for an hour and then vote they were not even into stand up or there to see anything you know what i mean yeah it was just like votes just easy votes so we were like okay we gotta give people an option to vote for their friend mm -hmm. but also vote for their, someone who they really liked someone who was very funny if it's the same person then vote someone who was next in your opinion second funniest yeah. uh so we introduced that we introduced like a timer and different kind of signals or lights for when your time is up so you don't go over your time limit but the thing is, like you said, so with the two votes, how are you going to avoid the popularity part? Explain it to the to the listener because I think they might still be like, but you're still voting. How would having two votes hopefully help that situation? Well, decrease the negative, the the bad part. Year number three is when we introduced this this system of double vote, and how it worked and how it helped was. During the finals, or for the finals, one of the comedians that made it to the finals had a birthday on that same day. Uh -huh, and yeah. he was planning on having a birthday party right after the show, because the show finishes around 11 or whatever. So he invited, again, like 30, 40 of his friends, and he was like, come to the show, then we're going to go, and then we're going to go and party at a, at a bar next door for my birthday. Yeah. And to, again, to stop the thing that happened the year before, we added this two-vote uh, two option so that they could vote for uh, their friend. Mm -hmm. but also for the second person. So their friend would get two points. The second person would get one point. But we would think that, okay, in a room of 80 people, if 40 people are his friends, 
they're going to vote for him. But then other 40 people... So he gets 80 points. For example. But then other 40 people will vote for whoever is the funniest yeah. or for their friend who's another person. And that person will get those 40 votes or 80 votes, right? Plus the 40 votes from the friends of... The, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, like, you know, if you kind of do the maths, it would, let's say, ensure that the funniest person wins. And at that point, it was also three people in the final. So it wasn't just two. Otherwise, you could end up with a complete 50-50 split. Yeah, it was, three, it, it was three people in the finals. And also that year... We've added a panel of judges. Yeah. So three judges would also, like the organizer, the host, and another organizer would also add 10 points each yeah. to ensure that, def like, and they were kind of, let's say, objective arbiters mm -hmm. of, of the tournament uh, and voting not solely on, like, the performance itself. Well, they we would count, I was on that judge, judge panel that year, we would count the punchlines, the applause breaks, yeah. everything to make it like actually kind of statistics. Analytics. So there was a criteria. Yeah, but also like how well you did just overall, you know, like how, how because if you do 15 minutes and you have one punchline in seven minutes and one punchline in 15 minutes, mm -hmm. people might, might vote for you because they just remember those two things. But yeah. we kind of took into consideration the whole set and stuff, yeah. you know, how it was built, how it was performed. Anyways. What so, would you expect of it from a professional angle? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's why we added those those things. And I think they helped because that year, for example, that the 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 performer that had the birthday in France didn't win. Another guy won. So it made it kind of more fair and more honest, yeah. I, I would say. So, yeah. And then the, the year later, we mostly kept that structure. And this year, we, did, we just finished it a few weeks ago. And we mostly had that same structure again. So basically, the idea is to, again, give it, people a chance to participate, yeah. to compete, to be pushed and motivated to write new stuff, uh, to compare it to other people's stuff. It's also a way of just like challenging yourself. It's yeah. a way of earning some money if you win it, getting some exposure, you know, just for us as well as organizers, it was a way to see some new talent, to mm -hmm. get some new people in, maybe people who have never, because we always open it for everyone. You don't yeah. have to be like an experienced comedian. You can, we had uh, one year, I think third year, uh, we had a guy who applied, he's never done stand-up before. He did like some music and stuff. He performed before, but he never, he's never done stand-up before. And he came to like semifinals. Yeah. So like, you know, even just to get some fresh blood, to get some new talent interested in this, if yeah. there is a chance to win some money and get some exposure and stuff. So that's the general idea. So you've taken part three times or two times? Three. Three times. Three times. And twice you've reached the finals. Yeah. Well, yeah, I made the semis the, fir the first time I tried. And the next times I tried, I made it to the finals. Yeah. So you made semis on our second year. Yep. Uh, you made the finals on our third year when we yeah. had this birthday uh, mm -hmm. two vote system and everything. And you've made the finals this year as well. Yes. This was our fifth time we were doing this competition. Yeah. Like we rebranded the name, name and stuff a bit, but yeah, still basically the same thing. So regarding this year, not to go like too deep <laughs> in the past, regarding this year, and I was supposed to take part as well first time because I was always organizing and hosting these shows yeah. and I wanted to challenge myself to take part once and to actually you know try it firsthand mm -hmm. and I got food poisoned the day before my qualification round and I couldn't <laughs> do it so I ended up like hosting and organizing anyways but yeah. you like you took part and from your point of, like what was your strategy and what was your you know like uh, what, what was your whole opinion and an idea on how it will go where did you see yourself like reaching which which round, which level? And now after it's all done, what's your like 
you know, what's your opinion? What's your feedback on this whole pitching 26 people against each other and stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, one, what strategy did I have? That was to assume that I have a strategy, which I did a little bit, actually. I did. There, there was, it wasn't, uh, I didn't strategize like the whole plan, like, okay, if I get to the finals, I'll do it. But there was a bit, like I knew what bit I wanted to do for the finals because it had been my strongest bit that I'd been doing for the last half a year, year, whatever. So I thought, yep, I'll save that to the finals. Because also, because now I have been doing stand-up for, oh God, I always get this wrong, five, six years, whatever. It's, I've got quite a bit of material now that I can come back to. And even older stuff that I may have not done in a while, I can rejig them or redo them, kind of update them. Now, the big thing, though, that I was planning when, because the other problem was that I didn't have food poisoning, not, not a bad, as bad a situation as you, but I did get a new job just before, well, just as the competition was starting, I, I had to start a new job. So did which, I, you're in a special bit. <laughs> and this job was really, really time consuming and stressful, still is. And it's basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard. It's a full-time job. Even when I'm not working, I'm still thinking about it. So it was very hard because I was still learning things at the new job, still spending most of my nights preparing for the next day and all the rest that I didn't really have much time to prepare for the competition. So that also changed my strategy a bit as well. Uh, what I ended up doing was I also had to think about like the, the audience. And I think this is what I did well for most of it, except for the end. The part is for the first round, the bits that I did, I believe, were about Russian food. Why? Because I knew that the audience was going to be predominantly Russian. So basically, I was doing the very cliche, as we've discussed before, cliche things of how to get... Because with the first round, actually, it's probably one of the... It's the easiest round to get knocked out, I think. So hence, you really have to actually come in with a really good material. I think a lot of communities make the mistake where they're like, I'm going to save good stuff for later you actually got to start with some really good stuff. Maybe not your best, but you've got to start with some good stuff to make sure you get through that first hurdle. This, this I would argue, because Ooh. from like years of, again, organizing and hosting these shows and seeing how it usually goes down, I would say that, so now we have five rounds just for the listener. We have yeah. qualification. I mean, actually we have four rounds. Yes. Like two, like we have quali qualification pot one yeah. out of whatever number of applied comics 10, 12, 13, whatever, half go through. So let's yeah. say six out of 12 go through. So we have two weeks, two weekends with those qualification rounds. Then the six from each pod that went through are now 12 in the quarterfinals, six in the semifinals, three in the finals, Yes. right? So I would say in the first round, and it happened this year again, as it happened every year before, each pod was quite mixed. Yeah. There were, let's say, five, six experienced comics and five, six inexperienced comics some yeah. who appear like just for this tournament there are some comics who always perform in russian never in english there are some people who don't perform at all yeah. uh, they just come to try this tournament yeah. so i think going through in the first round that was my strategy which never yeah. came to life sadly but kind of winging it in the first round okay. because it's clearly you can get knocked out if some like rookie does like some you know some like newcomer does really well we did have a couple do, of them and you do really really bad yeah but this is on you then because yeah, yeah. if you can't if you're not good enough to wing it then don't wing it then prepare and use your strong yeah. material but if you're actually like i think you are quite experienced and only with your like you know with your eloquent speech and your body movement and stuff like you could kind of wing five minutes of some uh, meh material yeah. just to get through and so i would that was kind of my strategy i think first round is not so hard to go through i would say two like clinical rounds where uh you you really win it or lose it are the quarterfinals 
and semifinals. Yeah. So quarterfinals, you have now you have now six winners from each pot. Mm-hmm. So you have the the good six out of each qualification round. Yeah. So now it's again twelve people, fifty percent gets cut, yeah. and you have only five minutes to do your best. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the crucial one. That's the really I think that's the hardest one. And the second hardest one is semifinals, yeah. because in the semifinals then you have six people left, but those six people are there either because they really can't. Because if someone came there by just randomly killing their five mm-hmm. they will not be able to do and also the the time basically is you do five in qualification five in quarterfinals 10 minutes in semis and 15 in the finals yeah so those open micers have already done two fives that's probably they probably done two of their only or best fives and now they have to do 10 so yeah they're, so they're not going to be a threat but yes. others like you know also, but also everyone's a threat at this point because it's only six people. Yes. So I would say that's first round you could have you could have winged it, but I think you went with quite a strong the Russian bit. I think it's yeah. quite strong for the yeah, Russian yeah. audience. It's a yeah. very good set. And also the other thing that I was going for because I have noticed some people, um, even if you do later on, maybe you don't have a crash hot round. If you become someone's kind of favorite or things like that, they might be willing to at least give you that secondary vote that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, they might go, okay, so that person did the best. But this one, I know they can do really well. They might give you the the sympathy second vote. So that's the other thing as well. So I started off with a very strong strong set at the beginning and uh, with the, the Russian food. And that really gets them on side. And I think I did very well. Now, with the second round, I know I slightly disagree with you. I agree and disagree. Some people, they have two really good sets. But those that have managed to get through, and I've found that a lot of those, especially those ones who who come in, they've never done it before, um, those that make it through to the second round, the thing is they don't have another five minutes or it's a week of five minutes. It's not as strong as their first one because they've also banked on their let's hit them hard at the beginning. Yeah. So what happened was, for example, there was one guy who was very good in the first round, really good, but he'd never done an English before. He's a predominantly Russian comedian. He's won the gong show, the Russian gong show. Uh, I met him. He was really good. Um, his first set was just like, it was just good. It was good. And I was like, damn, this guy's like, you know, the – the, the black horse or whatever, or the, you know, the, the wild card. Like, this is great. Second round, though, not as strong. I mean, he was still good, but you could tell he didn't quite have it there. And it was because he hadn't, he didn't have it in English, like all the, the second half there. So that's, I think in that second round, you actually, you can start seeing them dropping off sort of thing. So for that one, I did my bit about cats and dogs. I think that there's like two polar mm. opposites there. And I think two, well, that's my strategy was to go against those two philosophies. First one was go like guns blazing. Like yeah. All your best material in the first two rounds to get that sympathy, to get through, to be able yeah. to compete later and so on. Because some people have made those mistakes as well. They mm. like a really good experienced comic gets kicked out on the first stage yeah. because he's using some weak material, hoping he's just going to go on. He's going to wing us. it through. Yeah. And he didn't. On the other hand, there were people who did their best stuff in the beginning. Then they reached finals and had nothing to say. Yeah. So, or semifinals or whatever. Yeah. So, like, my kind of, again, my strategy was to keep. First and last round, like at least focus on the qualification and on the finals. Mm. I would focus the most on quarterfinal, semifinals, like the middle, yeah. because I think you need to get them in the middle. But I think yeah, it is it is a rough slog in the middle. So yeah. so your like second one, 
was the Australian bit. No, it was the the my second bit was the cats and dogs. Oh right, where I compared them. Sexual fantasies. No, no, no. It's it's basically well, you know, the cats are bastards and dogs are real pets, and it does end on the end with uh, having sex on the couch and having a cat walk in and watch you, compared to having a dog walk in and watch you and the different reactions. I think that one's uh, that one's more of a crowd pleaser sort of thing, and I like it because it starts off very innocent. You know, the cat's like headbutting you. Later on, it's about them taking a shit and and you know being excited seeing you home and all that sort of stuff and then it finally at the very end goes towards a little bit of sex but not too graphic but it's kind of you know funny and all the rest and i think it's a crowd pleaser it's it's not necessarily as big a ha-ha as for example the the food one um it's not as relatable because just because that food one is really good the other cats and dog ones i think is a little less but it's still very kind of homely you know it's something most we can relate to because they either have had at some point a cat or a dog as a pet you're either a cat person or a dog person again i think as we're talking about the competition where audience votes one way or the other like clap off or a piece of paper or whatever it's a very good idea to to like know that audience yes who's in that room that day yeah and to well, let's say tailor your set. That's why I also think the the more experienced the comic, the more material they have to to switch things around and mm-hmm. to build there. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a Lego set you're yeah, building. Yeah. Like to to switch the blocks around and to build your set and to take out the stuff that's like too blue or too dark or yes. too something for the specific audience. Or if they're up for it, include more of that stuff to pander to them and so on. Because I think what uh, one of our uh, regular comedians and he's he's a funny comic he lost this semifinals last year he was kicked out uh, in the semifinals as well but i think he was really really good better than some people that went through this year he lost in the semifinals again but i think it just was the wrong set for that room yeah it was very sexual and it was very uh let's say graphic and very like rowdy and very it was like oh porn or oh, this and that and people just didn't feel it it's yeah. not a it's not like he he's not like a you know a very kind of gross or whatever shock value or something comic mm-hmm. it's mostly it's actually pg material but it's about those kind of topics that not everyone wants to exactly. hear about and then also some other factors, the factors that the show was like at six and not at nine, that most people were drinking tea and not whiskey or whatever. Like it always kind of yeah. comes with some restrictions, limitations. So I think it's important to have that extra set to, yes. to work. And this is this is where I, I kind of changed. So for my third round, that was the the semis, I then changed it because I got through the quarters. It's like, okay, great. Then I did the semis. Now the semis, I originally, I was thinking, what story should I do? Because I'm a storyteller. You know, I usually have one whole big bit with beginning, middle, end, punchline, you know, as in it has a wrap up at the end. There you go. And I was thinking like, you know, should I do Gary Potter or should I do, um, you know, some other, and then I ended up changing it. I actually so ended just, up doing- just not to a lot of people, probably a lot of people who listen to this angry, David does know the character is called Harry Potter. It's his is joke he? he has about uh, a Russian version of Harry Potter. Called so don't, Gary just, Potter, don't yes. send us angry mails and emails and stuff saying, oh, you bastard, it's Harry Potter. I think, you know what, I think you and shouldn't have said du- that because I, then at least we would actually get emails and messages for it's, once. It's Dumbledore, not Dumbledore. <laughs> It should be. He's a bit of a minxy on that one. He is. <laughs> yeah. No, so basically, yeah. So I was thinking of going with that, but then I ended up breaking, breaking form. 
What I did was, um, I remember I posted on the Instagram thing, or no, on uh, on uh, on the Messenger thing. I posted up a thing on my board with all the little post-it notes that I had up, with all my material, all the like short bits, long bits, everything like that. And what I ended up doing was I ended up grabbing all these post-it notes, what I hadn't done already, and grouping them into kind of themes like okay one is about australia another one is about language differences another one is about um like the the harry potter gary potter sort of stuff what works well with them and i started moving post-it notes around and creating a set that was made up of a lot of smaller bits and that's what i ended up doing for the final like there were some stories in there but they were generally shorter stories um and i made like you know one intro that what kind of fit through but I ended up breaking the form. And what I was doing was I was intentionally going for a shotgun approach in the sense of because we we're now going to perform in this bigger room that was you know, going to be able to potentially fit more people in it, then I thought my material needs to appeal to a wider audience. So I'm going to do different stories. So even if I don't get them with one story, I might get them with another story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I get them with one bit and more like one intro bit doesn't quite work, I'll get them with another bit that I have that follows up. I'm going to get a laugh from them at least once or twice from each audience member. Uh, you know, the risk, of course, being that if you shotgun too much, that you might only get two laughs from someone out of the entire set. On the other hand, if it works well, I think most of my material was short, punchier. I got quite a few consecutive laughs. And that's what I think at the end for that round, I got the most votes because I think I kind of spread it out a bit more. You're talking about semis now, right? Yes. So, like basically, qualification, quarterfinals, semifinals. You went through. I, I, I was there, except on the qualification round because food poisoning. And I think you've done well. I think people enjoyed it and so on. And then we come to the finals. Yeah. And the uh, finals this year featured four comics instead of three because there was a tie. For yep. the third place, there was literal like exact number of votes, and uh, we as organizers decided to give everyone a chance to mm-hmm. justify that vote and to compete in the final. So four comics went through. And uh, spoiler spoiler alert: if you're planning on watching some bootleg video of this competition yeah. that will leak on dark web in like 11 years to see David Munoz before he became a huge movie star in Russian cinema, yeah. that final did not end well for david out of, out of, i came last out of four comics in the finals david was sadly the one with the smallest amount of votes what yeah. what do you think what happened there and then as an over kind of overall opinion on the tournament what do you think how did the tournament go how do you feel about your performance and how do you feel about in general these kind of competitions Right. Um, okay. So to be honest, um, this is the, like I said, this is the second time I went to the finals. Second time I also went f- first in both rounds. I somehow ended up going first, and I think that's going in very cold. Um, of course, if anyone knows who's performed and things like that for for comedy, going in first is the hardest position um, because, as you said before, with the competition, the host is not actually meant to do any warm up. You're not supposed to warm up the crowd. You have to do it yourself in a way. This and, is a thing that we decided yeah. when you asked about like the history of the competition a bit after the first dating tournament. We decided this because I was hosting the first tournament, mm-hmm. right? And I was doing crowd like in the beginning. I would do some crowd work and then some material, and mm-hmm. then I would invite uh, comic number one do a bit of material, invite comic number two, do a bit of material, do, invite comic number three, for example, right? Yeah. And then we finished the show and people were like, 
I didn't vote for anyone because like you guys were all the same. Like I think you were the funniest. I'm like, I was the host. I'm not participating. They're like, yeah, yeah, but I wanted to vote for you. I'm like, no, no, you can't. So just to kind yeah. of, you know, not to give people anything to compare with. I mean, yeah. anything in terms of, because especially for the host, there's no even no stakes in it. So yeah. you can be more relaxed. You can try out some older stuff, newer stuff. You can play with whatever because you're not being judged. Yeah. So that's why I think it's kind of, wouldn't be fair for yeah. the host to also do material and then they remember that especially because that's the first jokes they the first material yeah, they yeah. hear then they would kind of compare every next comic to that, that material work or not work yeah so that's why at some point we just decided that the host warms up explains the rules and brings out comics but does not do material yeah so that that was um so that means like so when you come first yes it is it is difficult. It's a cold room. Uh, secondly, it was a big room and it was literally a cold room. You could see people were sitting there kind of a bit uncomfortable. It um, was a very cold weekend in Moscow. It was like yeah. minus 21 or something that day. And it was just, it was a 7 p.m. show. So it was the first show. Yeah. Uh, the room hasn't warmed up properly yet at that point because the whole place opens at maybe 4 or 5 p.m. So it takes them a while. Yeah, sadly, it's a big room. It's a spacious room. They yeah. were not like there was nothing happening before and the temperature the actual temperature yeah. the atmosphere was cold but the temperature was cold as well. <laughs> yeah so the whole thing was like a very very difficult beginning there the other things i, I would say is that uh, we've discussed it before it's a very big room as well like you just said the ceilings are very high um, and the people are very spread out in this room which means like while i was performing i noticed like i would get a laugh on my right and one in the middle. Those last, normally in a smaller room, like when we did the first couple of rounds, they were in the the other room they had, which is much smaller. The people are right next to each other. When one person laughs, it has a ripple effect. It mm -hmm. passes on. Here, you could hear one person laugh and even their partner on the same table. By the time it hit them and they would barely sputter a chuckle. Now you could say, well, maybe because I just didn't find it funny. But I think it's it's like we were saying before, it can be very isolated. Like when you feel like you, there's no one else around you, you tend to be a bit more introverted. You, you mentioned earlier like a, uh, an example with a couch. And like three people sitting on a massive couch is different than, for example, five people who've been squished onto the couch. When one starts like bouncing and laughing, it kind of it just... I think it's that Possibly. effect of when you're watching even the funniest like stand-up special or comedy mm. movie or whatever at home, the best you do is like, huh. but when you're watching in a, in a cinema, yeah. you'll laugh at the actual jokes yes. because when you're just with, at home with your friend or with your wife or with your kids or whatever, yeah. you're just going to, huh. but when you're like, when everyone is laughing, you're also laughing out loud. Yeah. It's that kind of effect. There is even a, a scientific kind of documentary mm -hmm. that featured Jimmy Carr as a host where they actually researched and tested many of those premises mm -hmm. and they got people like same jokes, same comic, everything. When a person is watching alone, they don't laugh. When they're watching with a group of people, they laugh out loud. Yeah. It's literally a thing. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that also had a, a massive effect. And I think a lot of the comedians, we all, I, I walked off stage and the other, the other three looked at me like, damn like are you all right i'm like oh. and then uh the next one to go on mumsy who's very experienced comedian who actually won it the year before he did his bit and it was a struggle even he walked off and was just shaking his head looking at me like holy crap like even he struggled to pull it off um the winner michael like you know he he went on uh next 
And like he got like more consistent laughs and things like that. But I think also another factor is that myself and Mumsy really helped warm up the crowd at that point. We had really been working the crowd. And the room so actually warmed the, up a bit and yeah. stuff since there were actually like 80 people or something. Yeah. So, and the, the heating was on longer. And yeah, so people yeah. actually kind of finally relaxed a bit more. You could see them, they got to sit more comfortably. They weren't so rigid. So I think Michael kind of was in that peak spot and his set was good. Like it's it's not to say that he didn't deserve to win. He, he definitely prepared it well and, and he had a great set. Set. and I, you know, really happy that he won. And then Aramek came in after me. He also had a really good set, and he had some great ideas. And and I, I do like watching him. So, you know, they they definitely, I, I thought, in my opinion, they were like the the two top ones, like well prepared and things like that. But it was hard. Even Aramek when he came up, he was like, "Man, I had seven. I've got seven definite lasts in that set. I got three. He was just like, "What the hell happened?" I'm like, "Yeah, man." Like, so we were just like a bit shell shocked. I got to say, mm -hmm. I think we were all a little bit shell shocked from that one. And the thing is, and the the mistake that I think that I made that I've I've learned, the lesson I learned is I need to prepare multiple sets. I think what I did in the semis was the right idea, and I should have done either the same for the finals. Or something similar in the sense of you need to prepare multiple sets. Twice now I've managed to go first. The set that I had was about a prostate exam. It's a long story, my usual format, and it's been going gangbusters for the last six months to a year. It is absolute killer. I know it works brilliantly. I get so many people, even after this show, when I came forth, I was the loser. I still had people out of the blue, like people who were in the audience, they tracked me down to send me a personal Instagram message to tell me that they loved my set, they thought I was the best, and they were surprised that I didn't win. And they said, oh, we thought your bits were original, they're, they're so, you know, um, so evocative. And like, I really felt every moment, like you took us on a whole journey and like beautiful stuff was written, but I came last, I didn't get the votes. And the thing was that bit, I think as a beginner, as with, from a cult audience, whee, not the right thing. I think it's a little bit too much. I think I, and this is advice that you gave, which you've said that you've noticed a lot of us make, we don't warm our own crowd up because you can't do it. We need to do it ourselves. And I think that's the part where I went in straight into material and it was a bit cold. That was still sitting there uncomfortable and everything. I would say your mistake second time in a row, you did exactly the same time last time you were in the finals. Mm -hmm. You prepared a long, one long story. Mm. So once you are three, four, five, it's a, it's a 15 minute set in the finals. Yeah. Once you are three, four, five minutes into that story, you can't now, well, first of all, you prepare that. Yeah. So you, it's really hard to just improvise and, and rearrange your set on the spot, on yeah. the stage with the spotlights in your eyes and microphone in your hand. Yeah. Uh, second of all, basically, you know, you know how the set goes, you know where, but it like you're both, both feet in. Right, yeah. you you like you jumped into that, so yeah. you committed. It either to that. goes really well or it's gonna or die. It so it happened yeah. exactly the same two years ago, or whenever it was three years ago, two years ago when you were in the finals as well. You had that like one. Then it was I think sexual, sexual fantasies. fantasies. Yeah. That's also like a long fifteen minute bit, yeah. and uh, like after four or five minutes, it became very apparent that they're not into it. Yeah. But you couldn't at that point. You just go with that set because that's the set you yeah, prepared. Yeah. So and, and both times I think I, I got them back towards the end. Like they were like, oh, okay, we're getting into this. And I and I got to say, I still got the massive laugh at the end. I still got the big laugh. Well, it wasn't as massive as usual, but I still got the big laugh at the end. I think by the end they were on board, but it took a long time Very to long bring Very long warm-up and set up. Yeah. But that's a, I think also that's the part of 
and both of those times you went first as well. Yes, and you that's what I mean. I need to have multiple sets with ready. With a very long, elaborate story yeah. that also takes, for our audiences, we talked about this before, it takes also some time to just calibrate their yeah. brain towards like English, English comedy, English mm -hmm. language, first of all, yeah. and then also comedy, like how yeah. to understand some wordplay, puns, yep. translations, whatever. Yeah. So, and it's easier to calibrate. When you hear like 10 jokes in two minutes, yeah. you're like, okay, now I understand what the joke is, entertain me more. But when you hear a long story slowly setting up over the course of three, four or five minutes, mm -hmm. they're more likely to just fall asleep yeah. than to like, okay, I'll, I'll keep paying attention. It's going to get there. You know, like they're yeah, not yeah. like yeah. in it Although, for the I got to say, the reason why that bit's good is because it has a lot of little punchy bits all throughout it. And I still got some of those last, like I, I, I still getting punchy bits. But like I said, it just wasn't rippling out. Like I'd get one or two last here or there and that was it. And I noticed like at the, because I had like a five minute intro bit sort of bit where I talk about the quarantine and things. That bit, I think I rushed it too much. And it, this is a problem of mine. I got to say, this is where I have learned that I'm still amateur. There's, I'm still not near professional for the simple fact that I still feed off the energy of the crowd. If I'm not getting it, I go, you're done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm cooked. I, I'm not even cooked. I'm raw. <laughs> and opposite, I, I'm raw. And the I'm left raw. And that's the problem, I think, from what I've heard and from what listening to other podcasts with professional comedians, like people who do this for a living, they can be going through a freaking divorce. They can can um, be having a shitty period of time, like, you know, in their life, but they will still get up on, on tour. It can happen to them on tour. It doesn't matter. They get up on stage and they're still fresh. They're still doing their jokes. They don't let them get to them. They won't talk about it because, you know, it's still raw, so they can't make jokes of it. But they have their material. They have that. They know the angles. They've done it so long that for them, it is a real job. That's a professional. That is someone who, one, um, can just get up there and do the set anyway. And two, they know how to improvise in and out, out of it. They can feel the energy of the room at the time. They can pull it back. They can circle around. They can do whatever is necessary. For me right now, I'm not there. I realize that. I'm like, because there was one point, and this is why I really want to see the video, the recording of because I think there's literally one point where I look over, I see the timer because I had my phone set up, which was a great thing. I suggest to anyone going to competition, have your own timer on the stage on your phone that you can see. That's not too bright, obviously, but... Um, there's like a nice dim version I downloaded, this clock app, and I just set the timer on and I can leave it there and I can keep an eye on myself. I'm not relying on anyone to tell me that I'm running out of time or I need more time. And the thing is, I looked at it and there's one point, I think, I swear, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure there's one point where I just go, <sighs> I'm just yeah. like, fuck me. Like I just- Visibly just, I, broke down. I visibly, I, I did. And I was just like, I just want it to be over. But- the good thing about it, I do, I am starting to go in that professional direction. I think I always have had this where I've had other comedians mention that I just steamroll my way through things. I still was like, fuck it, no, I'm going to do this. And I went through and by the end, I think I was getting them back, but it was a hard slog and it was torture. <laughs> but I learned my mistake. I need to have multiple sets ready if I'm going to do a long. I'm not saying that I won't do a long beat in future, but I need to be ready that if I go first, hell no. Like that works only if I've had other comedians be my warm up for me. Otherwise, if you're going to be at the beginning, I should have done what I did in the semis and have shorter, more fiery bits and a bit that you suggested, do my own fucking crowd work. I should talk to the fucking audience. It's something that you said that we don't do, but yeah, I completely agree. We got to be able to be willing. It's a sacrifice, a risk, but to improv. Yeah. I mean, not even, even just like a little bit kind of get to know each other because yeah. then like they'll remember you. They'll be like, oh, that's the guy that talked to me. Like out of 12 people in and this round. he did a bit of that actually. 
Mumsy does maybe, do that a little I, bit. I, 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 and I think that's what helps him a lot as well. Maybe, because, yeah. again, okay, in the finals, there were supposed to be three, there were four. It's not so hard to remember. Mm -hmm. But in some earlier rounds, there were like 12 people, right? So to be that one that they like, oh, yeah, that guy that guy talked to me, the Australian guy, the whatever, yeah. he talked to me. Like, that's the that's how you stand He's out. He's like, me, I'm going to vote for him. All right, sure. <laughs> I mean, next time I'm going to do the competition in Kansas, apparently, or whatever that was, maybe you can get that vote, yeah. Uh, so... Just a final then question I, I've asked before, but uh, you talked about your own experience, yeah. like your own path through this tournament. Overall, what do you think about this kind of long-lasting tournament, like a cup, you know, like a yeah. knockout cup tournament format? You've done it now like three times. You've been in the finals twice and so on. What do you think about this format and what do you think about this kind of competitions? Uh, why did you take part? What's good about them? What's bad about them? What's your... Okay. Um, pros and cons, like with everything. The pro is uh, you really get to work on this material. It's something that you get to really go into competition. You tighten up your bits. It gives you that goal, as you were saying, as we've said before in previous podcasts about you know knowing your motivation and things like that. It gives you something, a reason to tighten your sets rather than just personal satisfaction. Um, it, you know, because you're going for that competition. It also helps you, like for me in that quarterfinal, like rearranging bits, like kind of going, okay, this can work with this and blah blah, blah and and trying something new in a way. And it worked great, so I'm like, okay, I should do that more often. That. It's good. It gets you to compete against other comedians. You know that rivalry, that thing. It's it's fun to know that you know someone who who is quite good. Like if they like, oh, you son of a bitch. Like damn, that was good. You're like, yeah. So that's a lot of fun and all that. So I really reckon that's really great. Um, the only downside is sometimes the audience members, in the sense of uh, they might show up for the first rounds and they don't come again, or they're coming for the only for the finals, or they come in just for the middle bit. You know, the, yeah, that sort of like thing. It's very hard to keep people coming back. I think that's the difficult part coming every single round to a competition pros and cons i mean it means that you get some fresh faces there and, and you know they're, they're kind of new to you but also the cons um also can be those that do sometimes come for long times is they end up with their favorites and even if they suck that night they still want to give them like that secondary vote and you're just like well no they didn't do well so you know it's pros and cons because sometimes you might just not have a great night you know or whatever you don't have that energy or maybe you just found out some brand news maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend just broke up with you and you know you're just having that and Unfortunately, but that's life. You know, sometimes you just can't pick those times. And that's the professionalism part. You know, it's the part where no matter how dead you might feel, or the fact you only got two hours sleep, you know, you do whatever it takes. You pop those 10 cups of coffee and a line of Coke and you just, uh, I mean, <clears throat> glass of Coke and it's, you go on stage. It's Coca-Cola. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I would say that's kind of cool. I, I always look forward to them to a degree, but I also know they're quite time consuming. Not just for, well, I know for the organizers as well, it's very time consuming, uh, but also to organize every and have like those guest comedians that come in while you're counting the votes and all the rest. Also, also know it's hard for the, sometimes the comedians because they might have other things going on. And like what happened to me, just timing. Damn, yeah, it's, it's a commitment. It's yeah. a five week, in our case, five week, week commitment that every Saturday you'll be there if you manage to go through. Yeah. And, and I was actually worried that I wouldn't be able to be there because I got my holiday and a few days and basically it just turned out that it was cheap for me to go to Madrid on the Sunday than it was on the Thursday because there was another flight on Thursday and going there earlier was more advantageous for me because it was for a visa it's for work that's the important thing so I was actually really close to having to message you guys and go sorry I'm out of this the the finals um which wouldn't have been too tragic because of the fact that you would because have then been down to three threw, threw in the table anyways so. yeah but <laughs> but yeah so I was a little disappointed that I didn't 
you know, that I that I sucked so badly in the finals. But as everyone keeps reminding me, I, I did come, what, 22nd out of 26 comedians. So I didn't suck completely. And the last set I did, I did do well. I did do okay. Like, I don't think anyone bombed. It just felt like that. <laughs> we all just walked up stage going, oh, we're like, he wasn't that bad, man. I promise you, man. He wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Am I still bleeding? A little. Well, uh, as a person that has, again, always organized and hosted. And this year I wanted to take part. And it was like a personal challenge because mm. I also wanted to do it with completely new material. So mm. nothing I've ever done before. I wanted to like just uh, basically bench all of that yeah. and write new stuff. So I wanted to, it would also be for me a platform to create new, I think you need, a, I think you need 35 minutes during the, like 30, yeah. you have 35 minutes of stage time. Yeah. You don't need necessarily 35 minutes of material. That's why I said, I don't know why no one did any crowd work or anything else. You just went from second one to, to uh, final second just material straight up but I would of course mix and match with like crowd work because that's also my thing I like to talk yeah. to people I like to improvise but yeah 35 minutes of stage time I think for me that would mean around 20-25 minutes of new material I wanted to challenge myself to see how far can I go with like just writing new stuff and yeah. at the end of that either I would win which was not a priority for me or I would get good new 20 minutes which mm -hmm. was which would be good Thing. Plus, I wanted that competition element. I've never taken part, and I think it's also fun to just, you know, a as a kind of a friendly competition to yeah. be like, ha, ah, I'm better than you. Like, yeah. ah, you got kicked out, but I went through. You know, it's there is no bad blood there. There is no like kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't think someone is a lesser comedian if they made it to quarterfinals, but not to finals. Whatever. Different room, different people. Yeah. It could all be different. But, you know, just kind of it's a personal just uh, pride or achievement thing when you go to, you're like, yes, yeah. I am good. People do recognize my talent and work and stuff. So that's why we keep organizing it because I think it's a nice way and platform for people to acknowledge that and understand that yeah. and, and uh, see that for themselves. So that was all regarding our tournament that we had here in Moscow, Champion of Comedy. Uh, we do this every year annually. So maybe if you're in Moscow at some point next year, you will see it live. Or if you are a comedian and there are some competitions in your town in your city on your scene if you're taking part let us know what you think about them did you ever win any did you take part or anything like this and uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you for the next ep all right i've been david munoz and i'm igor monday good night goodbye <laughs> <laughs>